Welcome to the Bleep Alumnia podcast with guest Tasha Golding with Beyond Rules Recovery. Hi, everyone. I am Laurieann. I'm the host of Bleep Alumnia. And today I'm so pleased to have Tasha Golding. And she is with Beyond Rules Recovery. Last episode, as you know, we had Shira on. So this is going to be very nice to have Tasha on here because she's got a wonderful story as well. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. So we'll start off as we always do. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, I grew up in Colorado um, and I have a twin, I have a twin sister. And um, I would say that my eating disorder definitely started around the age of 12 and it actually started out more as like ARFID. So I went through a phase where I was really afraid of throwing up and after getting the stomach, like a really bad case of the stomach flu. And so I started being afraid to eat after a certain time because of that reasoning. And it wasn't so much more wrapped around like my body size. Um, And, you know, I slowly was able to get myself out of that hole. Um, And it's, it also soon morphed into like my weight and um, what I looked like and what other people saw me as, um, I was a gymnast. Um, I was actually a figure skater for five years and I started gymnastics when I was 11. And, um, you know, the more competitive I got, the more it was centered around weight and what you looked like and how much strength you had. Um, and, you know, I had some really tough coaches in middle school or in high school that, you know, really put an emphasis on weight and, I was the oldest on my team um, by about two years. So there was a significant difference between a 14 year old and a 12 year old. <laughs> um, so that's when it started to morph more into like the struggling with more food and body image and weight and all of that. Um, you know, I didn't really start, I, I did, I was starting to engage in symptoms but not so much to the point where it was concerning or that I would have even comprehended that I had an eating disorder. Um, but it wasn't until I got to college that things just really got out of control. I, um, with my sister also developed an eating disorder. My mom had an eating disorder my whole childhood. Um, and I, once I got to college, I really didn't know how to eat because I was rigidly eating my entire life because of the way that my mom, you know, talked about food and gave us food. Um, and so it, really, I didn't know how to eat. I was presented with all of this food that was, you know, considered bad or unhealthy, but like all the food that I wanted to eat as a kid. And so I was just, I was lost. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, things really started to get worse my freshman year of college. Um, I did gymnastics in college, so I had a solid support system with my team. but, you know, I had a coach who was on me a lot. He, he, he was told by another teammate about what was going on with me. And so he kind of gave me some guidelines and was like, okay, listen, we want you to stay on the team, but this has to happen or this has to happen. So, you know, I started going to therapy. I started seeing a dietitian um, just to follow that um, guideline that he gave me if I wanted to stay competing. Um, And so that kind of kept me afloat for college. Um, I would say that my senior year, I found the hobby of hot yoga (laughs) Um, after it was 
like not an intentional thing. It was like, we were really cold on a, in a January night and we were like, let's go to hot yoga. But it was like, I was hooked immediately and I was still practicing. I was still competing, but it was like, I all of a sudden found something that I loved outside of gymnastics. And so that made me happy because I was going to have something after gymnastics. But then I started, you know, that's when like the over-exercising really started happening was, um, you know, I was really dipping into restriction my senior year, but then the exercising started to kick in as well. So um, I was, I would say my senior year of college was a really tough one. Um, and, you know, like I said, my coach's guidelines really kept me afloat for my season. But as soon as my season ended and my career was over, I mean, all, everything broke loose. <laughs> um, and I really started struggling with over-exercising and, you know, rigidly tracking my food and all of that. And um, the hot yoga I kept using as like, oh, this is like my new thing. Like, I'm really good at it. People like are inspired by like my ability to do handstands. And um, I mean, it went on like that for about five years. And, you know, I went through teacher training for like two different kinds of formats and just like using that as a way to keep me fulfilled. Um, but in reality, that part of me was my eating disorder. And I don't think I really realized that back then. Um, you know, I went to treatment both starting my senior year from my senior year until I was 20 seven, really, I was in and out of treatment, um, you know, trying to get help. I really wanted to get better, but I think I just didn't have the, like the motivation to, I didn't have the motivation to let go of the fact that like exercise was a problem. And, um, that's interesting. More, so exercising yeah. was the part, like this is new yes. and I don't mean to interject on this, but it's, oh. it's really interesting that you know, we have like the anorexia and the bulimia, but we don't really put into that as well, restriction and the exercise, which I know is out there, but we really haven't yeah. had anyone discuss that. Yeah. And yeah. that form of reward, but it's a different kind of reward, right? Like, mm -hmm. so I know. And it's so missed in our society because people praise, like, I mean, I had many people coming up to me. They're like, oh, you took two, two yoga classes today? Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. Like, good for you. But like, that's not okay. <laughs> it's so true. It was, it's just like when you, you know, when you lose weight, people sit there and yeah. go, okay, I have yeah. a really funny story though. Uh, they go, oh my goodness, you look so amazing. Because I went from 170 to 130. Um, yeah. my eating disorder and they were, you look great there was one guy though that says no folks, you don't look great and excuse all these women <laughs> they're all gonna say because you lost your boobs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and of course he liked he liked larger girls he didn't yeah. think slim was attractive and I thought that that was really neat but I never you know you never think about it because society's mm -hmm. telling you oh all men like thin women or all right. women like thin men um, yeah, it's not the case. Yeah, no. And so, it's so, I mean, diet culture is a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it really, I mean, it's totally, if, if you give me that topic to rant on for 20 minutes, like I would just go on about diet culture and how it's so messed up and how everyone, I mean, how many people I went to yoga with, you know, I got into CrossFit, um, 
right before I found living proof or now beyond rules recovery. Um, and it's just incredible at how much the diet culture is just totally ingrained in almost every single part of life and, um, how, you know, these places that are supposed to be, you know, you, that you're trying to find like joyful movement and community and connection soon turn to this like idea of competition and who can do more, who can lift more, who can run more, who can do walk on their hands more. And it's like, it all of a sudden it's like joyful movement turned competition. It's not joyful anymore. It's like, who can do better? It's horrible to say too. And listeners, I really feel for, but there is even competition in who is, whose eating disorders are worse. Yes, I know, especially in treatment. It's, I feel bad because it, sometimes if you're in a group, which Mm -hmm. I was in, and you get that, uh, and you don't want to compete, you just want to get better. It is a discouraging moment where you walk away, well, I can't go back there again. Yeah. Because I mean, oh my goodness, my life is so much better than that person. (laughs) I know. So I don't, I don't negate that in as far as discussing it, as you said, you have to be ready to get better. And if you're in a group and you're not ready to let go of it, it can discourage the other people. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It can be like, can be very dangerous for (laughs) both parties, really. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it is great to get the attention, but the attention is a negative attention and it has to be turned over to a positive one. Right. I mean, it's like Sharon, I talk about this all the time. Like imagine how much more you could do and be successful at if you weren't so focused on being praised on like your weight or how you eat or, you know, like there is so much more in this world that you could be proud of like completing school or getting this job or opening your business. Like, I mean, imagine the possibilities. <laughs> just being happy with yourself and loving yeah. yourself. You sit there go, really? You love yourself? Yeah. You know, like I, I do. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I, I'm the person who was born with me. I'm the person who's going to go away with me. I'm the only person here with me all the time. Right. I better like me because right. I don't, that's a horrible lifestyle to live if you don't like yourself because you can't get away from yourself. doesn't matter where you move. And it's it literally you. prevents, right. It prevents you from doing everything. Yeah. yeah. So that's beautiful. I want uh, to move on a little bit to, uh, you yeah. were saying um, you're 20 months in recovery and you found Shira and her group and now you're working with them. I think that's a beautiful story. You're a great testimonial yeah. to Beyond Rules. Uh, Yes. Disco- uh, recovery. I don't know why I put discovery, but you know, <laughs> that's okay. Say right. Discovering that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, please tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, so, well, when COVID hit, um, I mean, as everyone knows, it was a challenging time for, I think everyone. Um, but that's also kind of when my eating disorder started to take a turn for the worse again, but the like blessing in disguise was that it led me to Shira and living proof MN. And so I actually found there her online support group that she would host every day at 6 PM. And like, it was the thing that I woke up for during COVID. And I was just like, I looked forward to 6 PM every single night because, you know, I felt like I was connecting with these people and it felt so productive. Like as a group, it wasn't about people going around telling their sob stories. It was like, so 
problem like it was like problem solving oriented so it's like people would come with a topic and we would talk about like how to get out of that not like you know give each other reassurance essentially um and then you know at the time Sharon was running a live-in program and she asked me if I wanted to come and um I decided to go obviously and I mean the first few months was really tough but uh, you know, once I hit like month three, like things just started to get a little bit smoother. I mean, it wasn't definitely the first year was really tough, but I mean, the whole time I spent about seven months in the program at um, Shears live-in program. And oh my God, it was like a total game changer and like nothing like any kind of treatment that I ever received. And I really feel like the piece of the puzzle that was missing was the peer support. And like, I mean, there was just something so much more like authentic about connecting to somebody who actually understood what I was going through. And it made me feel like, okay, yeah, I can get to the other side of this too. Um, so about in January last year was when I kind of started to come on, um, and helping share a little bit more. Um, and I started helping her with the live-in program, with the groups and all of that. Um, and then over the summer, uh, or into the fall really is when we kind of shifted our gear, um, to beyond rules recovery and, um, shifted our focus more, more away from the live-in program and more towards education and support groups and all of that. So, um, I've, it's been really cool to, I mean, be with the program that helped me get to this place because it's like, I look back all the time on like how I was at the beginning and like where I'm at now and how like I act now compared to what I was doing back then. Um, I mean, for example, I was terrified of the kitchen. I hated the kitchen. I never went in the kitchen really? when I first got to Shira's. And now like, I love to bake. I love to cook. Like you ask Shira, like I will try anything. <laughs> so, but I mean, it's just crazy that that was like my life at one point. Um, and so, I mean, I just felt so honored and blessed that I was able to find living proof and now, I mean, beyond rules recovery, because it really led me to seeing like what I'm really passionate about. Um, and like, I'm so passionate about like getting awareness out there for eating, for, about education for eating disorders and helping those struggling. Um, and it also opened up a door for me, like to really realize how much I love coaching gymnastics because the way that I was coached, I mean, I had one really awesome coach who I adore to this day, but I had other coaches that really, wreaked havoc on my self-esteem mm -hmm. and so it's just made me realize like I could be just one coach like for one kid that if I could make an impact on one kid like from developing an eating disorder in gymnastics like I would be my life is complete <laughs> but I love that. so yeah so I mean it's just been so eye-opening for me to see what I love to do that's how what's fun too is when she and I were talking and you know we said like I Christmas just went by and I sat at yeah. the Christmas table and I put whatever you know on my plate and I ate and I didn't have to worry about it and I've been I know. for 11 years and I'm going but every time I sit down at Christmas I realize all of those Christmases that scared the heck out of me and the ones during the time I was bulimic yeah. And this is such so lovely that again, what you're saying too, it's how beautiful it is to even know where you're going, what you're going to be doing. Um, 
my little sister was in gymnastics. I took it too. Um, but she was really good at it compared to me. <laughs> but it was good though, because I took cheerleading and the gymnastics came in handy. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But in, in our time, it, you know, the eating disorders were not, and I'll say that we, they were either, if they were there, they were not recognized. I mean, I, my eating disorder started in 1980 um, and there really wasn't anything. So I really appreciate, you know, the beyond rules recovery and place like that and, and people like you uh, that are being able to talk to people, Tasha, about this, because I'm telling you when I got it and I was trying to get information, oh, tons on anorexia, but nothing on bulimia. Oh, for sure. And as much as people will say, well, that's an eating disorder, each eating disorder has its own category. I cannot really connect with anorexia because although yeah. I went my three days without eating, I'm thinking I can't do that because yeah. I love food. So it's all different relationships with food and how yeah. we do them. So different people for different things. Um, but you being a gymnastic coach and taking that on, I think is really important. The other thing I wanted to say really quickly is I had a counselor that I absolutely loved when I was in my twenties and I was really getting good at, you know, overcoming my bulimia. I think I was my recovery was going really well. And then I got married and I moved. And so I lost her as a, never did I find someone like her again. Yeah. Just like you with your coach. Right. And I know, know. it's like you, like the second that I moved away, well, when I started college really was when I, she stopped being my coach and I went through a few different coaches in college and there's just no one, there's no one that could have, that, I mean, I, she definitely, I've told her this so many times. I'm like, you are the reason why I stayed in the sport and why I got as far as I did and why I got to do college gymnastics is because you actually, you were one coach that believed in me out of the, probably had about 20 coaches throughout my career. Out of the 20 coaches, you were the one that actually believed in my ability. You believed in like just me in general. (laughs) And it's just crazy. Like how, like, yeah, she's just so awesome. And that's nice that you kept that positive in you to keep going, even when you had the not so positive coaches Uh, and lucky that she was at the start because you probably would have given up way before. Oh yes, definitely. Very neat. I love that. Um, Gymnastics is so beautiful to watch. really is. Skating too. I took skating as well. Yes. I didn't stop anything. I just took it for that part. I know it was, I mean, it was fun while I did it, but I don't think I really loved it. I hated, we would skate in the morning, like before school and I hated getting up for that. And I think that's what really, really made me want to quit. <laughs> yeah. That was me and swimming. Yeah. Getting up early in the morning and jumping in that cold pool. I just, I did it. But I, I know I didn't. People go, why don't you go in pools anymore? Why don't you swim? I go, because I was sorry I don't like to use the word traumatized but it's a joke but you know as a kid I would <laughs> jump in the pool and cold pool no I I'm not a big swimmer anymore yet I know all my swimming lessons right to the end and diving yeah. lessons but no water's not my best friend <laughs> yeah it's kind of how I feel about the ice <laughs> <laughs> so um so tell us a little more, like, is there, um, you know, you're, you were part of the program, you were the live-in, you guys are now doing, there's the online, so I really yeah. want our listeners to know more about that too. Some of you, you know, I know the Christmas holiday is over as it's through the 26th now, as we're taking this, um, but there's still uh, 
you know, that's the worst part of it. I get it, but there's still more to come. And we'd love to see as many people as possible next year sitting at a Christmas table or Hanukkah or whatever celebration that you're celebrating and be able to sit with your family. So if you can tell us more about what you're doing and how they can connect with you. Definitely. Yeah. So right now we have um, online support groups that we offer three days a week. So Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday um, at 5.30 PM central time. And um, the way that's one of our bigger things that we've been doing for, I mean, really since Shira started living proof was online groups. Um, And so that's one way. The other way is um, there's peer mentoring and Shira actually does all the peer mentoring right now. Um, and, but that's been really successful, um, in the past as well. Um, and so those are our biggest things right now. I think that we've been doing, we are hoping, um, this summer to start some recovery camps or recovery retreats to do in person here. Uh, so that will be really awesome once we get that going. Um, and I mean, we have our education programs too. So, I mean, we really, one thing, one goal of ours for 2022 is to really try to get into as many schools as possible and, you know, talk to educators, talk to um, counselors, try to talk to kids. Um, You know, we do pep rallies with the school and talk about self-confidence and body image and building that self-worth. So that's, I mean, one of our biggest goals is to really get education out there, especially in schools, because those teachers see those kids every single day and probably could be more, um, what if they're more educated than they'd be able to see more? Um, yeah, that's important. Yeah. I, um, it's, it's kind of interesting that you're talking about that because I did write a book um, called How to Have Your Cake and Not Eat It All Too. And in that, I have a section where it does talk about it, it's for like teachers, parents, and coaches to, yeah. you know, view the signs now, if you go up and talk to the person, they are going to deny it most often. Oh, the extreme, yep. Um, and probably try and hide it more, but there's some that won't. Some of them, right. you know, you don't know. Like you said, that one person, if you can help that one person. So right. if you notice, you know, if these people, these coaches and teachers notice something and they bring up and they go, no, but they're not one kid says, yes, that's that one child that you're helping. I know. Right? And it's, I mean, like early intervention, they say is just so important. Um, I mean, and we preach that too, because like the earlier you catch it, then the more likely you are to have a lasting recovery and, you know, not go through the whole system of treatment out in and out in and out. And just, yeah, I mean, especially in adolescence, like kicking it before you go to college, I mean, is. And that's huge because you you said college, I can't tell you how many people me it started I was going to college but I was living with my parents it's not like that often be um but how many will say that you know it might have started in high school but college is where it really yeah it went and I'm going wow like that college word it's just yeah. like it it, it comes mm-hmm. up over and over again so you're absolutely right if you can catch it before yeah know, even before high school but yeah I know it school before they go to college Definitely. Definitely. I know. College is just such a, I mean, it's the first time where people are really on their own. They're not having their parents cook. Got a little bit of that freedom that spooks the heck out of you. I (laughs) love it. You're scared too at the same time. Go, whoa. I know. And then there's like the 
the idea of the freshman 15 and that scares people. I mean, I know that was a thought in my head when I went to college. Um, yeah. Interesting. This is lovely. I thank you so much. And so we're going to, uh, go forth with, I'm now going to ask you where, so, so you can give us the website and email if there's an email so the listeners can contact you. That would be wonderful. Yeah, definitely. Um, you can find us at www.beyondrulesrecovery.org. Um, and then our email to reach out to would be info at beyondrulesrecovery.org. Beautiful. I really appreciate your story and you telling us. And uh, again, lovely to hear people that are in recovery and that, uh, and that are recovered, really, ultimately, because we say that, you know, recovery is, is doable. Um, it's only if you feel that you're not going to recover fully, that you will not recover fully. But when you yeah. know you will, you do. Yes. And it's yes. a lovely place to be. Thanks again. I really yeah, thank you so much. Tasha, we'll be in touch and it would lovely, it'd be lovely. In fact, the next time that we meet, we'll have you and Shira together. That'll be, yeah. fun. and we'll do, that would be really fun. <laughs> Definitely to give us, bring us up to date. And I really, if you're going to, you know, if the camps do come, hopefully this whole COVID thing goes away. Um, yes. I'd love to have you both on to, to discuss that and give our, our listeners some more information about it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you. Okay. Take care. again. thank you very much. Yes. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. Be sure to visit me at bleepbulimia.com.